0: And welcome to another fun-filled episode of the Fresh Brains Podcast. With you as always, I'm your host, Scott.
1: And I'm Brian.
0: And uh, hey, happy birthday, Brian. Oh, God damn it, Scott.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. The older you get, the worse birthdays get.
0: Well, you're you're what? You've had like 23, 24 of them?
1: Yeah, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that. We'll go with 22 even. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, you're the one who made the mistake of telling me it was your birthday five minutes ago, so. I
1: fucking knew you would do this.
0: If (laughs) if you would have told me, like, I don't know, an hour ago, I would have forgotten
1: by now, but. I realized way too late. But speaking of forgetting things, I think you mentioned what we're watching tonight, but I have totally forgotten. And I didn't bother to check because sometimes it's more fun not to know. Fantastic.
0: Um, Yeah, so going with that conversation of of what to watch. I've kind of been digging through our our to- do list, and you know when we first started this endeavor, I uh, you know sent you a list of kind of what I thought were, well, actually, what I sent you was all the big ones that would be worth watching. And we you know from from there got got the feedback of which ones you have and haven't seen. Yep. and we we kind of hit the like really big essential movies right away. And I think we're kinda to the point where most of the absolute essential things have kind of been checked off now. And there's still plenty to see and plenty that, that needs to be seen, but I don't know, at least doing a cursory glance through it, I didn't see a ton that was the, you know, oh my God, I can't believe you haven't seen this yet. So I kind of took a step back and I was like, well, we can still find some some good movies that are, are worth talking about or ones that were kind of impactful to the genre. But at the same time, you finding things that, you know, I'm in the mood to watch as well. So scrolling through with, with that mentality, um, I settled on one of my probably top five movies of all time or horror movies of all time, which is um, Juan The Grudge, mm. which... You said you've seen a scene or two from it. Yep. So, and, and you were pretty sure you, you meant the Japanese version, not the American
1: remake. I remember parts of the Japanese version, but yeah, I really don't remember either of the movies very well. Okay. So for me, I think
0: the the Japanese version Juwan is the superior one, or well, I shouldn't say that. It's my favorite of the two. Mm-hmm. But they're similar enough that I think either is good. Um, and, and kind of the the general take that I've heard from most people is that people's preference of which one they prefer really comes down to which one they saw first. Hmm. So I don't think there's any harm in in showing you know the remake before we show the the original. Um, I wouldn't say that in most cases, but in this case, I, I really don't think it matters much. So that's where we're going with is we're gonna go with um, the the grudge, the Sarah Michelle Gellar uh, film from. Uh, now that I'm put on the spot, I got to come up with the the year. Um, <laughs> I want to say 2004. So. We're going to go with that. We're going to go with 2004.
1: Oh, Um, man. Oh,
0: yep, that's right, 2004. Okay, good for me.
1: Speaking of birthdays, every time I hear about a movie that came out in, like, the early 2000s, I think, oh, that's pretty new. And that's how I know I'm getting older. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But But actually, I was just born around then, because I'm 22.
0: Right, of course. So. So... you haven't seen this. Um, have you seen? Oh, I get a couple questions. Have yeah. you seen any Japanese horror movies?
1: Yeah, um, I I can't remember if I've seen Ringu or if I've just watched the previews and not gotten around to watching it. But that's at least on the list. The one of my favorite ones is actually is it like Pulse? Or something where the people start making stains on the walls okay that was pretty creepy they made an american version of it that was nowhere near as good do, do you know yeah. what i'm talking about oh yeah absolutely okay yeah that was great
0: okay so you've seen pulse you've seen i would love you, to. you think you've thing. just seen the trailer for ringu you haven't seen it
1: i saw the american version oh um, you've seen the ring okay yep i saw the ring that was i think one of my first like super scary movies um when i was when i was younger but i don't think i've seen ringu but okay. yeah i might have seen parts of it and just not finished it i can't remember
0: okay um so yeah your exposure to the j horror genres is pretty limited then it sounds like
1: yeah i'd say that's a fair statement just just one or maybe two like Okay.
0: Well, when this whole phenomena hit America um, kind of there in the early 2000s, it was the ring and the grudge that really kicked it all off. Hmm. Um, and the the ring, I you know, hit first. Most people saw that first and then the, the grudge came later. Um, and both of those franchises have a really, really, long and in-depth history Mm -hmm. um but i think that the the grudge is my favorite of the two um i I like this or the juan or the grudge whatever you want to call it um i think it's got a much better history and and a very interesting just backstory to it um it's all directed by the same director which is takashi shimizu and where this actually started uh which is You know, one of the most fascinating things to me was in 1998 in Japan, there was a a movie that came out called uh, Gakko no Kaidan, which basically, my understanding is translates to like stories of, you know, school ghost stories or something like that. Hmm. And it was an anthology movie full of little shorts, and they got different directors to come in and do different shorts that were all part of this anthology. And... Um, Shimizu did two stories for that. Um, one that was titled four, 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 which sounds weird, but the, the number four in Japan is can be pronounced a couple of different ways, but um, one of the pronunciations is a homonym for the word for uh, devil. So it's it's kind mm-hmm. of like the number 13 over here where mm-hmm. it's superstitious, it's just kind of bad luck. Um, and that story was about these people who would get a phone call on their phone and the caller ID was just all fours, which would be super ominous and you know basically like the death number. Um, oh. And the, then the second story was... Uh, oh,
1: hang on a sec. Weird thing. So 444 4444 four, 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 four that sums to 16, which is four times four. What? How, <laughs>
0: does, how does four sevens sum to 16?
1: Oh no, plus 12. I, lo- I left that a 12. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 37, definitely 37. Good, good job, <laughs> Brian. <laughs> Rain, Brian. <laughs> God, this um, is recorded. Yeah, that was
0: definitely recorded. Oh, God. Um, And the other story that he did was called uh, Katsutsumi, um, and it's about this this ghost girl. Anyway, the the take-home point was that those two shorts were so popular that there was pressure for him to basically come up with a full movie based around those two ghosts. Mm. And he was kind of like, well, they're there is no story connecting the two of them, but came up with one and made a um, direct-to-TV movie in Japan called Juan The Curse" in 2000. Mm. Um, and it was another kind of anthology vignette movie, but it, it took these two short stories that he had and kind of put them together into one film. Um, there was a follow-up to that the same year. There was also a made-for-TV version, Juan The Curse 2." and um two years later they said you know that was popular enough that they wanted to make a theatrical version that's where juan the grudge came from so it was the theatrical version of the tv version of the you know short story anthology that came a couple years ahead of it um there's been several juan the grudge movies in Japan and even here in the US, they've made several. Um, he directed The Grudge and The Grudge 2, but um, I want to say there's at least, well, I know there's The The Grudge 3, there's Black Ghost, White Ghost. I can't remember if that was Japanese or American, but there, there's been several of these and they all kind of tread the same territory after a while, but um, at least this first one, and I would say the second one are, are worth watching, and kind of tell that same story. So, um, yeah, very a lot of history behind this this franchise.
1: Okay, cool. And I should I should warn you, or at least point out that I've seen like clips from the trailers for this one. I I don't think you can not see it. It's like everywhere, but.
0: Yeah, and the, the the trailers are not really going to uh, – it's been a long time since I've seen the trailer, but I don't think that could really spoil anything for cool. what this is. Um, okay. The one thing that this does different than all of the Japanese versions is all of the Japanese movies are told in kind of vignette fashion. So it's like a series of short stories that all take place around the same location or with the same theme. Oh, cool. This was really the only one that took that away and just made it a, a straight narrative. Um, and I assume that their reasoning was because they wanted you know Americans to to buy into it, and that the vignette wasn't something that we were as familiar with. So let's take American actors, let's take you know, kind of the American movie format, stick to that. Um, but they did do a really interesting thing and still set the movie in Japan. So it kept a lot of that Japanese feel, um, didn't just completely Americanize this, this story. So I think if you're going to do a remake in another country, this is one of the best ways you can do it.
1: Cool. Kind of makes sense.
0: Um, do you know anything about the story. I'm just kind of curious if you, if you know what you're getting into or what to expect. I'm not going to correct you if you're wrong, but
1: um, well, I remember it being like a little boy, right? And the boy was wet, so, and it's a ghost. And now I can sort of extrapolate and imagine that someone drowned a child. So, and then I know they make the creepy noise, like uh, like that, like it's trying to inhale. That's that's kind of what I know about the the story.
0: Okay, so almost nothing.
1: Great. Awesome. <laughs> Cuz I'm Which always worried if I like if a movie sounds familiar, if I've actually seen it and forgotten it or like if it's just clips from the trailer. So it sounds like just clips from the trailer. My memory's not not super fucked.
0: All right. Well, Maybe one too many birthday beers, and uh, you won't remember this one either. Who knows?
1: I'm drinking sake. Okay. That's Japanese horror.
0: That that that's a good way to do it. Then, all right. Well, um, I don't know how well that'll the pair with um, any popcorn, so maybe forego that tonight. But uh, <laughs> okay, fine, whatever. But um, all right. Well, I would say we can pause here. Uh, be back in just a minute with our fresh thoughts on the Grudge.
1: Let's all go to the lobby to
0: get ourselves a treat. Well, should we try to get uh, Kyoko to come and celebrate your birthday with you?
1: Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Maybe not. (laughs) Cool. What'd what'd you think? I, I thought it was really fun. Um, uh, I had a couple of good jump scares, but overall, I I don't know if I thought it was that scary. But really, yeah, I have. I think like they sort of showed the ghost a little early for me. Um, but then at the same time, I wonder if this is another one of those cases where it's been copied so much, it's it's not so like scary. I guess I don't know
0: what have you seen that's copied this?
1: I mean, I think they use this. They spoof this in movies. Haven't, haven't they?
0: Well, I guess that's what I'm asking. Like, where have you seen this spoofed?
1: I, I don't know. It's not my head, but
0: because yeah, I mean the two main ghosts, uh, Kayako and Toshio, like I can't think of anything else that they've, I've seen that did the same kind of thing. Uh, certainly not Toshio. So.
1: Cabin, be, maybe Cabin in the Woods. I, I don't think so. Um, no, not really. I don't know. I I think my biggest thing is I was sort of. Prepared for each of the scary parts. I felt like. I sort of knew it was going to happen. Although I'm sure I didn't see this movie. I I
0: was surprised that there were many times that you said, Oh, it's going to be this or, you know, the, um, what's her name? Yoko. When she comes back, it's like, Oh, the ghost took her jaw. Like I was surprised the number of things that, yeah, you called.
1: Yeah. I, I swear I haven't seen this. I would have remembered watching the movie with Buffy in it before. Sure. But yeah, I think, I think that was my big issue with the movie. But overall, I, it was still enjoyable. Like, it's a good scary movie, I would say.
0: Yeah, it's just very surprising to me to hear that you didn't find it scary. Because, I mean, that's honestly the big thing that the, the Japanese horror movies have going for them. Is they they don't have much of a story. Um, a decent number of them i won't say all but um a decent number of them like do not hold up on rewatch at all mm. uh, the ring and ringu i would say fall into that category they're 100 percent worth a first watch so if, if you haven't seen either of those you or any of the listeners definitely definitely give them a shot um but the you know that that movie plays out very much as a uh kind of police procedural like whodunit mystery kind of thing and once you kind of know what it's all about and have seen the scares there's very little there that's redeeming on a second time through um but anyway my my point was just that the so much of what the Japanese ghost stories or you know these ghost horror movies are is they were just absolutely horrifying like terrifying movies and i really kind of wonder if this is an example of you weren't part of that initial wave and the Mm. the hype um because kind of what happened to i I guess america at the time that a lot of these came out was uh, my at least my experience the ring was first and mm-hmm. i saw that uh my sh- 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 junior year of college um so it would have been 2002 2003 somewhere in there um mm-hmm. and had never seen anything like it and I, and i think that was the experience that most american you know film viewers had um Unless you were just a diehard, saw every foreign movie out there. Like, we really had never seen Japanese horror films. And The Ring fucked with so, so many people. And, you know, despite what you might think about it now or how well it holds up, mm. you 100% cannot deny the fact that at that time, people were floored and terrified because it showed us things and visuals we had never seen before yeah. Uh, and then you know a year or two later or two or three years later whatever it was this came out as kind of the follow-up and I remember seeing it right away um, this was after I graduated but it did the same thing only more uh, because I thought the visuals of Kayako were just terrifying it's one of the first times that you really see that just super disjointed, uh, just defying physics type movement. Um, The way you see Toshio and he's, he's always in these places he shouldn't be. Um, When you start seeing the, the other grudge movies, it gets even more like this where he's contorted and smashed into small spaces that like he shouldn't be able to fit like you know in a locker or under the dash of a car you know or things like that and it Mm -hmm. but he's always there in this case it's not really that dramatic but anyway i'm going off on a tangent i think i'll do that a lot during this conversation but (laughs) it was just the idea that it's like this was showing us visuals we had never seen before, and. I mean the the buzz around this movie in particular when it came out was unparalleled. I, ca- I cannot think of another example maybe short of uh, the Blair Witch project that mm-hmm. had as much hype and that I guess for lack of a better fr- lack of a better term changed the game as much as this did.
1: Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, so one, I remember See, I haven't seen the ring since I was probably back in high school and the ring, I, I watched the American version of the movie. I think we, we chatted a little bit about that mm-hmm. and, and that movie scared the shit out of me. I remember mm-hmm. I, I couldn't, I had trouble sleeping for like weeks <laughs> after watching that one. Um, but, and I think if I had watched this back then, I might've been more freaked out but I do think I've seen, like, the disjointed, creepy, pale, like, twisted human walking around, like, on their all fours. Sometimes upside down in other horror movies. Um, like, the only thing that can come to mind right now is that scene in The Void where, like, he's down in the basement. Yeah, I, I guess, spoiler alert, everybody. <laughs> If you haven't listened to this before, we we spoil the crap out of all these movies. Um, but I feel like I have seen the that disjointed, like body kind of monster where it's like used to be a human and now it's not. Yeah, kind and that, that's a lot of
0: movies. that's fair. And I I think that what the other thing that happened after you know the Ring came out, then the Grudge came out. After that, it there was this uh, period of about I would I want to say four years where it was every single Japanese horror movie that was ever made was getting remade by American studios. Yeah. Like we, like it, it, it oh. nothing nothing was sacred, nothing was safe, um, and it, it got <laughs> to the point where it was way, way, way too much. Because it it was a clear example of Hollywood was out of ideas, so they were just taking anything that was popular, and at that time, hey, Japanese horror movies are popular, and they literally snatched up every single fucking title and made an American version of them. And almost all of them were total garbage. Um, Mm -hmm. The Japanese originals, there's some brilliant, brilliant stuff in there. Um, But I think... We, as horror fans, really just got oversaturated with it and burned out. Um, But then what happened after that was Hollywood said, okay, the wells run dry over there. Um, No pun intended if you've seen The Ring. Um, (laughs) And they, they said, but these visuals work. And they learned something from these Japanese film directors and so they started incorporating a lot of that same kind of stuff in american movies and suddenly you know after like 2008 or so you would start to see that american ghost movies were doing this same kind of thing with the you know kind of contortions the disjointedness the um People moving in ways that they shouldn't uh, and it wasn't just ghost movies possession movies did yeah. the same too. Um, exorcism of emily rose i remember had similar scenes the yeah. last exorcism yeah. it's so it, it kind of just became this thing where hey if you want something to look creepy have this sudden kinetic disjointedness of the character and it makes it 10 times scarier i yeah. think because of that maybe that's a lot of what you're referring to is you've now seen that kind of stuff done so much that now to go back and see the original it's like yeah i don't know that it's really anything special
1: i say hesitantly i think that's kind of the vibe i've got um i thought of another one too that i thought was really scary And i don't know if it's still scary but like silent hill they made a the movie out of the video game, right? Mm, sure. It had some backwards walking in it. And I remember seeing that and just think being like horrified by it. But like as you said, I think like anytime there's a possession these days or anytime you find like a haunted basement or a torture chamber, there's often like this the same kind of figures in it. Mm-hmm. I think and and often they're they're paired with like a creepy little kid ghost that's not actually a little kid but it's actually kind of male- malevolent. Mm, yeah, that
0: that's a trope I haven't seen as much. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I, I I find that really interesting, and I think your point is valid, but I think that's another good example of why we do this show, because it does kind of show that this, this thing is unfortunately maybe one of those had-to-be-there kind of things. And if you weren't really into horror in the early 2000s, things like The Ring and The Grudge just aren't ever going to sell you in the same way. Um, I think the Blair Witch Project is a similar beast. Yeah, um, we haven't talked about that here. I don't want to spoil it on the off chance that there's one person in the world who still hasn't seen it, but <laughs> the that was another one that at the time holy shit that was effective yes but it was effective because of the era because of the way it was presented if you tried to go back to it now even if it was your first time watch i don't think it would work um in fact i've heard people going back and watch that and say that they find it boring um watching it now for the first time um, Mm -hmm. because that's so much of a time and place you know living in that hype of what it was, seeing this before when you had never seen anything like it.
1: Paranormal Activity might be another one of those. The first one I thought was super scary. And now, every like haunted camera movie does the same stuff.
0: Potentially, yep. I think that's another good example too. You're right.
1: That said, mm-hmm. I do think that even though I didn't find it super scary. I did thoroughly enjoy the movie. Um, there's the, like, so I think this, one of the funny things about this movie is that I think it might've, <laughs> I guess this is creepy given what the movie was about, but I think it kind of got inside my head a little bit. Cause some of those, like the creepy things that happen, like, Oh, that's in the bed. Right. Or, Oh, it's in the closet right behind me. Like what's moving around up there. Like in my apartment, I have pigeons above me and I hear them moving around at night. And so I know that tonight I'm going to struggle a little bit, right? Mm. Because because the, the stuff that they did is very similar to the kind of stuff that will like creep a normal person out through their daily life. You know? Right, right. Well, and I think that this movie did
0: two things really well. And and what I mean by this movie is specifically the American remake of the grudge. Um, Mm -hmm. What it did really, really well was kind of, like I said at the beginning, it didn't try to completely reinvent the wheel. Um, They knew they had a good thing going with Mm Juan, and uh, Takashi Shimizu was also aware of this this is a good property let's not totally americanize this when we make an american english version um yes we cast american actors you know that are familiar to us you know sarah michelle geller was a big name at the time she's recognizable there's no denying that that americanized this film but what they did to keep it authentic is Takashi Shimizu was still the director. Um, also, the actor and actress who played Toshio and Kiyako were the same as in Juan. Oh, really? So, yes. So they didn't recast the two main ghosts, which are obviously the, the two main characters of the story. They're like, let's bring the original Japanese actors over here, who at this time had played that role a couple of times already, said, no, we're going to use the same ones. Um, I, I don't quote me on this because I don't know that this is 100% accurate, but I also want to say that the house was the same house. Oh, cool. Um, if not, they did a really good job of replicating it, but, and just setting it in Japan. So it wasn't, oh, now it's going to take place in San Francisco. It kept that alien feel of this is foreign. This is different. This is not comfortable um mm. but yeah because of that i th- i think if they had taken this movie recast everybody put it in you know new york or something gotten an american director to direct it it would have been garbage but i
1: agree yeah they
0: they kept as much of the original japanese essence of it as possible and it worked really really well and and i think that's why of all the you know, kind of J-horror remakes, this is the one that probably stands up the best. Hmm. Um, The other thing that I was going to say that I think makes this such an effective movie, just as a horror movie in general, is that, yes, it it was the first movie or one of the first movies to really introduce us to that, you know, kinetic ghost thing. It was the first or one of the first ones to, to give us this whole you know, a lot of the Japanese lore, but it did something that American ghost movies had never really done before. And that is in in Western culture or Western ideas of quote-unquote ghosts, ghosts are, you know, the spirits of the dead who haunt a location, but there's always that kind of like escape clause or escape mechanism of... If you found yourself in a haunted place, okay, all you have to do is leave. Problem solved. Um, yeah.
1: That's true. This
0: introduces more the idea of a haunted person more than a haunted location. You know, the 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 place itself is cursed or stained and if you step foot into that location, you're fucked and doesn't matter where you go, doesn't matter where you move, doesn't matter if you never go to that house again, this will follow you and there is no redemption from it. And to me, that's a far more terrifying concept than your typical haunted house. Um, Mm -hmm. Partly because I'm not the kind of person who travels and enters a lot of different houses, so odds of me finding a haunted house, pretty unlikely, um and again, if I do, I leave. No big deal. Right. But that that thought of we we see it in this movie of at first everything centralized to the house, and then it's the um the guy's sister, the blonde. She's the first one where we witness that, oh shit, this follows you. Yeah. And she went in that house one time, and that was the day they bought the house. But shortly thereafter like this followed her to her apartment to her work like it's doesn't matter like anybody who steps with that house is
1: is this follows them yeah i think that i think i totally agree it's i think the the ring did that sort of thing too right like you sort of find this tape and then it, you're like it's you're stained you're it's stuck on you and mm-hmm. there's not much you can do right did, is that sort of like coming from J horror? Cause that's now that we're talking about it, that's kind of the first instance that I can remember that happening of in a movie.
0: Yeah. That's the, the, the idea of kind of how ghosts work. It's, it's, that's more of a cultural thing. Like their, their idea of, it's not really your soul of, you know, the, the, the two ghosts, I keep using the word ghost, but that's not really accurate. But yeah, you know, Kyako and, um, Toshio like that's not really their souls or spirits haunting that place it's the house has a memory of Mm. this this awful event that happened so it's replaying that memory and that this the trauma of that event is so strong that it just kind of latches on to anybody who's there but it's not really the soul of the dead that's haunting you.
1: But yes yeah. that's 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 a Japanese take on this yeah it's super creepy it's like a like an almost like a haunting is contagious right like because the more people the house brings to it right the more horrible deaths occur in the house so shouldn't that mean it's like it gets stronger and stronger
0: potentially and and there's they don't a hundred percent explain the uh, the rules other than it's if you die in a highly emotional state a violent you know fit of rage you know kind of thing uh, that's kind of what triggers it so we don't see evidence of all of the other victims you know of that being more of the stain but I guess there's a potential argument there that yeah it's just you know growing more and more strong Um, although I guess if that were true we would start to see you know, Sarah Michelle Gellar and other characters who died there, like walking around as the manifestations of the ghosts too.
1: Yeah. Um, I know super creepy. I I think pulse sort of took that idea a little bit further too, right? Like pulse, I think part of the idea you've seen pulse, right? Sure. It's I think part of the idea is that like it's contagious, right? And it spreads and like, I think it's, pretty literal there too because when you die there instead of a fit of rage it's like a fit of despair but you actually leave a stain and then if other people encounter the stain then it happens to them too until it like spreads yeah and pulse was one of
0: the first ones that really played with the idea and and this is another common trope in the japanese horror films was that technology was a big piece Mm. um and you you see that in in several others as well um, one missed call is a, is another good example of that uh, I don't think I seen one Yeah that's one where the the remake was atrocious avoid it at all costs okay. <laughs> but um the original was very good and the, the the concept there was you know you you would receive a phone call on your cell phone and when you answered it, you'd basically hear the audio of how you were going to die, and then that was going to happen very shortly. Um, but yeah, again, it was—it's the idea of like using technology, the, the the ghosts or the spirits or the curse or whatever, using that technology. Um, there was there are hints of that in here, and there are things that I thought were clever and creepy, although. I don't remember them from the original. I feel like it was more of a an Americanized twist on things, but things like uh, the 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 curse mimicking other people. Yeah. So when uh, the the sister goes home and she gets the phone call from her dead brother and it's her brother talking on the phone. And so he's like, Oh, which apartment are you in? You're like, Oh, I was so pissed. Buzz me <laughs> up. And, and, you know, so that shows the curse can use phones, the curse can ring doorbells, the curse can do all of that kind of stuff, which the technology part I was fine with, but the whole let's mimic people like that seemed a little out of place. off, off to me, yeah, out of place, like it
1: didn't fit, yeah, yeah, it was a totally different feel of of I think everything else that we knew about the ghost, mhm, yeah. You know. Right. Yeah. But otherwise it's kind of, I
0: don't want to say emotionless, but just mindless. Like, it's just, it's an entity. It's a force, not a thinking, plotting creature.
1: Yeah. It's nothing about it was suddenly crafty. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good point. You know, I think another reason that this, and I, I think I Ever since starting to watch movies with you, Scott, I, I noticed this more and more. I think another reason that I didn't find this movie super scary is because it had a lot of really old CGI in it, like the ghost eyes on the video. A lot of yes. The, so like when it was a real person with like makeup and a creepy mask, then it was pretty scary. Right. Like the scene at the end where it's like a person coming down the stairs, but in horrible makeup. But it looked real. Or I think even the first scene was super effective where the Japanese caretaker looks up in the attic and there it is. That was and it was it was real. It was practical effects there. That was really scary. But I think a lot of the other stuff where it was just like almost nowadays it looks like cartoon eyes. It sort of took away from it for me.
0: Yes, and and that was I'm glad you brought that up because I had forgotten those points, but it's one of the criticisms I have of this and one of the reasons that I like Juan better than the Grudge is there are two scenes that I can think of that really uh, I guess personify or or show Kayako in in a um in a way that I just don't like and mm-hmm. It, it's what you're talking about. It's I, I wouldn't have called it CG, but it is. But it is. And yeah, the one is with the security camera and the kind of screen goes all black and then the eyes just kind of show up. And the other is when the the old lady's laying on the floor and you know tells Sarah Michelle Geller like I just want her to leave me alone or whatever. And yeah. you look you look up and it's like coming down as. From the corner is this like shadow monster that's just like f- flooding the room and it's at first it starts out really creepy and effective with just kind of the hair dangling down from the corner kind of oozing out mm-hmm. but as soon as it becomes this manifestation that's seeping through the room it's like oh this looks like a disney villain is now like a delight i
1: think that that scene is one of the reasons that it sort of threw me off. Like I kind of didn't find it so scary after that scene. I was really disappointed when I saw that, what that scene was becoming, I think. Yeah. Because it sort of like, it gave away the ghost super quickly. Cause like the first scene in the attic was really scary. Like that was a, you saw me jump, right? Like I actually jumped for that scene, I think. And, um, but it was, you know, but I think once it sort of you saw this cartoon hair monster, it wasn't that stuff wasn't super scary.
0: Well, the attic scene does a good job too of being the first scene to show um, something that I think is really effective in this, and that is if you pay attention to the background in this movie, you'll see a lot more than is actually. That's not more than it's actually there. You'll start to see things before they show up on you know the forefront of the camera um Mm. so in that attic scene there's at least one scene maybe two where you see her move in the background before you know she comes right up front um same thing with i think when maybe it's when Sarah Michelle Geller's in the house toward the end, but there's a couple spots where if you like look in a window or look out the door, like a shadow passes by or there's motion, like you can see things moving around, not in the obvious ways, but in, in very, very subtle ways. Um, yeah. But you've, you've got to look for it.
1: Yeah. I, I, I suspect part of me picks up on that because some of those scenes are kind of creepy. I don't know if, I don't know enough about subliminal messaging it to know if it's like crap or not. But I remember people talking about that with the ring, how it had sort of like subliminals in it. So Mm. I don't know, maybe I picked up on it, but didn't notice it.
0: All right. Well, I would say overall, this was a good experiment. Um, I think we had a good discussion about the movie. I was at first shocked that you, Aren't scared by it, but I I think the way we discussed it, it makes a lot of sense to me. Um, And again, like I said, kind of a a good example of things that had their place and time, and I'm not going to say that this movie suffers now, but I just think, you know, because it's one of my favorites, or at least Juan is, I go back to it all the time. But yeah, probably not as effective to a new viewer. I would. I personally would still recommend it if you haven't seen it. Yep. Um, maybe go see Juwan instead. I, I do think that's the stronger of the two films. But I don't know. Would you Would you agree? Like you're seeing it now for the first time in 2023. Do you think you re- you're glad you did that, or was it a skip?
1: Um. I mean, this would have its place in like. Let's watch some let's watch a scary movie with some friends, you know, for, for kind of fun, I think. I, I would say that you know, I watching this movie, I'm not sure if I saw all of Juan. So I'm a little disappointed that I saw this one first because now I want to go back and watch Juan. Oh, and you still uh,
0: should. It's it's a completely different experience because even though it has the same two, you know, ghost characters like i said it's told as a vignette it's a Mm. completely different story
1: cool so okay
0: um, i think the only thing that's the same is the the origin of you know kind of the jealous husband who you know murders the family um Mm. but i don't even god it's been a long enough time that i don't even remember if it's a professor that she's in love with, or if she has an affair or what kind of triggers that, but no, the everything else it's a, it's a, it's a brand new tale.
1: Oh, cool. That's fantastic. Yeah, no, I, I would say this still deserves like a place on the shelf. Um, I, but I, I don't think it would, well, it depends. So if, if you have a friend who's seen a lot of new horror movies or newer horror movies, I wouldn't expect them to be super scared by it. I, I would say that if you have a friend who doesn't really watch horror movies, that this might scare them quite a bit. Hmm. Okay. All right.
0: Well, um, that's all I've got. I would say that's a good place that we can wrap for the week. Uh, who knows what we'll be watching next week? I think you'll be back, so yep. get Brian's lovely face again in a in another week's time. Uh, but voice, yeah, it, my voice. <laughs> Till that time, I'm Scott. I'm Brian. And just remember, happy birthday, Brian.